welcome to another episode of the Pop Collectors Alliance podcast, episode 122, April Fools. I'm your host, Rick, as always, joined by my co-bearded co-host, Captain Strongbird, Mr. Piper, back at it again. Lots have happened in the past week. How are we doing this evening? April Fools, this is going to be a good podcast. Ha 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 ha. I wish we could have released an episode on April Fools and just been like, for farewell, guys, you know, great being a part of this uh pop collectors alliance for a while we're shutting down shop and then just like go off into the into the, the sunset like a cowboy but we had to let it like stew like release it at 6 a.m and then do the april fools at like 10 p.m that night right right i'm down with that down with the sickness all right this episode guys we're going to talk a little bit about mondo give an update some interesting talk about valuing collectibles and what does pop price guide really mean for purchasing nothing. power it's and nothing. value <laughs> exactly and then uh talk a little bit about the nft release last week in april fools and how funko is in going in the right direction with doing that so without further ado we'll start with mondo so we came up with an episode sort of explaining why funko or our opinions on why funko was laying off the design team pretty much the leadership team for the prince at Mondo. And then I'm not going to say Brian Mariotti listens to the podcast. It seems like it, <laughs> but there was a, wait, hold on. A we we need to get verified. I, I think, well, we'll be, let's, let's see. Maybe next week we can get some verification on if our name is ever tossed around and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that later, but yeah, it would be yeah. interesting to see. I, I always wondered at what level does social media influencers play into pressure or, you know, decisions or strategy that ever gets implemented? So it'd be interesting to get that perspective. But we're the lowest tier of influencer. Like we are just barely influencing. We're like the D minus level. <laughs> Is that it? Are we D minus? Yeah. We we can influence a school bus full of people. <laughs> About. We could yeah, we could fit all our listeners on one school. Maybe one of those big school buses, the kind that are like two tiers and you got like four. All the double deckers. Yeah, one of them big ones, one of them 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 jumbos. <laughs> I'm gonna do my best to read what Brian Mariotti released uh in regards to Mondo. So this is long-winded. I'm not the best copy reader. I normally leave that up to Piper, but we're gonna we're gonna go for it anyways. So per Brian Mariotti. Funko's statement on Mondo. Funko has been obsessed with Mondo and the amazing products that they produce for years. We believe Mondo is a pop culture taste maker and always has their finger on the pulse of everything that is cool. Since there is a lot of misinformation about the recent change in leadership and the poster division of Mondo currently out there, I can tell you that our strategy is very clear. While we did reduce our overall workforce for about 10% across Funko, the majority of the company-wide layoffs weren't in Mondo. The Mondo's posters business will continue, period. I like that, right? Nothing it, it else. It Nothing else to see here. <laughs> it's like period, period. Yes. We feel that making extremely limited runs of posters, most of which are 150 pieces or under, limits access to fans unfairly. Many of these posters are bought for the sole purpose of flipping them, I want to pause there for a second. I'm surprised one isn't that your whole that. business. Yeah, <laughs> <models>? right. <That's- laughs> 
Like, hold on one second. That's that's the entire Funko business. So now we're acknowledging, but I guess the threshold's 150, right? I get the, I'm sorry, sorry. Flipping them at a much higher cost to fans that really want them. The posters are created by some of the most amazing artists working to get today. Our goal is to make larger edition sizes and runs. Big surprise. Limited, but not ultra limited. Interesting to see what that means. That allow more fans to participate in this world-class expression of pop culture art. We also believe that broadening the pop culture scope to include TV properties, sports, anime, and music will have an amazing appetite from the Mondo fans and pop culture fans alike. Pause there. I do think that they can bring licenses to posters and prints that they've never been able to do before. But again, how, how limited are they? I guess that's the end result there. But continuing, Funko will be investing heavily in the production of vinyl records in the near future. Cool. Allowing Mondo to deliver records to more fans. We currently have plans to build an almost 70,000 square foot record, record pressing factory. Um, meets record store of the future needs. Meets live music event space in San Diego. I guess they're trying to say that's what it is. The space will have a 4,000 square foot dedicated Mondo art gallery as part of the vision. So bringing back a storefront, that's pretty cool. Uh, Funko is also going to great lengths to invest heavily in some of the most amazing licenses around to build out the portfolio of pop culture for Mondo's high-end collectibles divisions. These are dream licenses that Mondo has wanted to work with for a long time, but was unable due to the financial restrictions before we acquired them. We are 100% committed to providing all the support we possibly can for the fo folks at Mondo so they can continue to make amazing products that reach a larger and more diverse fan base through expanded licen licensing, better distribution, and a better overall experience for their fans. Sincerely yours, Brian Mariotti. Brian Mariotti. That's how he talks, so, I imagine. What is your initial reaction to that? Okay. So I, I posted this in our Discord, so I'm just going to recycle what I had already said. I feel <laughs> I have no, there's the no, feelies. I have no basis for this, but this is what I gathered. <laughs> okay. This is what I gathered. Did, did Funko go to the senior management at Mondo and be like, Hey, this is what we're going to do now, guys. And then Mondo was like, oh, hell no, we're not doing that. We, that's not what we, we built a, our, our industry upon. No way. And then, um, and then Funko was like, okay, well, you guys don't work here anymore. Get out. That is what I gather from that. Because they slowly slide a paper across the table. Yeah, after they they <laughs> no, but that's, that's, uh, that would make a hundred percent because they are saying that like, Oh, we didn't lay off a ton of people. We just laid off some people from Mondo. Right. And ooh, that's, that's, that's kind of where that's what I'm Your leaning head towards. Is? What my, what I think realistically may have happened. See what had happened was what what had happened was 
I don't, I don't know, but that, that makes sense, right? Well, yeah, it makes sense. I think that, that those are all good points. And to elaborate a little further on it, and something that I thought long and hard on this topic was you can make ultra limited runs with the amount of licenses they have to appeal to a large audience. If you go back and look at licenses that Mondo's had in the past and produce things, yeah, they may do 150 run, 200 run, whatever they do, but they have like seven different versions of it. Now, is it going to be hard? But not everything that you get should be easy. And it's something that we talked about a long time. This is not exclusive to prints, posters, vinyl, whatever, is that it's okay to be in a market space where you drive everything to scale, but it's also okay to maintain a sense of exclusivity in your product. There's NFTs are doing it. And what's sad is that they created, Funko created a space only where those products exist. And at conventions, while they had numbered exclusives at WonderCon, it's not abundant. You can still be profitable and make limited runs. Do you disagree? No, I mean, I get, I get, Funko does not want to leave money on the table. That's what, that's what it is, right? Like, like, well, we can at least they're, they're being transparent about that. They're like, okay, why would we make a run of a hundred to 200 pieces when there's more money to be made because there's more people that want it. Now that's the fine line though, that you have to like troll is okay. Where is that? Like, okay, we've made enough money off of this and not, we're not going to be greedy versus let's just make a ton of it. And Funko doesn't seem to know where that balance is because with the NFT space, they make residual income off those NFTs. So I think they're okay with doing those thousand nine hundred ninety nine piece to 2000 piece runs because they're going to res- make residual money off of each one of those sales. Because you know, you and I both know if they can make money off of every pop that sells on the secondary market, they would 100%. Like they would do everything in their power that they could. So I think what that translates to is Funko is saying, yeah, we're not doing a hundred and 200 piece runs of the posters anymore they're probably going to be in the low thousands. I'm guessing anywhere from like one to 5,000 piece prints. Now is this quality going to be sacrificed? There is, you know, is creativity going to be sacrificed? Like what's going to happen there with that quality? Because the stuff that Mondo was printing out up to this point, I think the last poster that they dropped was cocaine bear. There may have been one. I think there may have been one after the cocaine bear one, but like, so that dividing line, everything comes out after that. It's going to be interesting to see what changes. What does the, what does the process look like? What is the quality? What is the shipping? All that stuff, because things are obviously getting changed up. So I, I have no idea, but I think that is kind of to answer the question about the whole, you know, what does that mean as far as like, Quantity wise, I think that's probably the realistic number. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I also want to bring up two other points. One of the one thing is this is a break in trend that we've seen in the past. We've seen Funko address issues sort of as a one-off basis. And maybe this is too, but I think it's more telling from the perspective of where they are as a company right now to address issues like this. And they still didn't address the 10% layoff at detail with their art department and axing the leadership there. But again, we got some insight 
it may not be the answer that some people want and they're still going to complain. Like I'm not, I'm not complaining here nor there. I'm just saying that one, it's good to see them address something because I think like we've said before, the ship is taking on water in certain areas. So to disposition this out and say, Hey, this is what happened. This is our intent and goal. It's good to get that forward thinking, forward leaning on what they're going to do with the product and, and tell us about it. Uh, and then second point is it, it's good to know that while they may be pushing things to scale, there's so much negotiating power that Funko has with the licenses they have. So if they go and acquire a new property, they have, okay, well, we want this property to be able to do pop, you know, whatever else. And then also prints, maybe do your soundtrack vinyl Mondo style and then high-end collectibles too. So they're sort of uh, expanding their product lines in the same breath as, you know, using the leverage of their position and licenses they own. So I think overall, it was good to have that communication. I'm interested to see where they go. I tend to lean and agree where you're saying that 1,000 to 5,000 prints. And I'm excited to see like maybe in future cons, we'll see these prints at the Funko booth. I wonder if every Mondo poster going forward is just going to be of pops. <laughs> like every, every movie poster that comes out is just going to be Funko pop. That's uh, what happens. Like the, the janitor comes in. Great idea, guys. Why don't we take every movie poster and popify it? Thanks. Every, everybody just goes, Oh, great idea. Great idea. Give that's, this man a raise. Right. He needs a corner office with a view. I I would hope not. I don't think they're going that route, but I'm sure no. that some of it will be intertwined. I would like to see like more skate decks, you know, like those are more cool. of, yeah, I, st- I, I pulled, I was packing up, getting ready to go to Texas and like going through my stuff and I pulled up my big Lebowski skate deck and I was like, what? This thing is awesome. Like it's still in the bag and everything. I looked at it online. I think it was selling for like 400 bucks or something. That's and wild. I have the, I have the tiny ghost one that they did. I, that's. I don't, oh yeah. That was a, that was epic. That's that, in the store, right? Yeah. It's hanging on the wall when you first walk in. Um, but no, that was, uh, I forgot who did that one. It was not, um, obviously it wasn't Mondo that did that. I think it was like, um, I don't know. I forget who BIM toy part. Yeah. They, they did something, but it's a really nice deck. Like, and it's like numbered and all that good stuff. So that's just cool to have unique things like that. I'm interested to see what this partnership brings. Certainly I'm not a big vinyl guy, but I do have a record player and some albums. So if something cool comes out, I'm not opposed to purchasing it. So there you have it. Boom. That's it. So takeaway from this, uh, Mondo didn't like what Funko said. So nobody works at Mondo anymore. And, uh, See, what had happened was they slid <laughs> us this paper and said, thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry about your damn luck, son. <laughs> yeah, but with that said, I want to move forward to um, an interesting topic. One that we've talked about before on the podcast, but I think it's relevant. So over the weekend, there was MegaCon in Orlando. And MegaCon has quickly become a huge convention. We couldn't even get in. Six months before reaching out to them and trying to get in there. Normally you have until like four months before the con to get in. And we missed Fan Expo Dallas and 
MegaCon, but it's grown to house over, I think it was like 120,000 people this year that attended. And all the pictures I saw, it was just like packed full of people. He has a hun- so, yeah, hundred hundred thousand people is what I saw. A, a minimum of hundred thousand people. That was pre-con. Yeah, and it's just crazy for especially. It's like got to be the biggest fan expo event. Uh, I believe so. It is. I don't know, but what about the one in Canada? Like that one's pretty big too. Yeah, but it depends because every year they go different places. Sometimes they yeah. do Toronto things like that. But this con's been getting larger by the minute. Well. A friend of mine was attending the con and I want to bring it up, but there was basically a pop that was there and it was in pristine condition, minty, fresh mint. And he was saying, Hey, the vendor is asking, I think it was $15 more than what the pop value was of PPG. He's like, should he's not bending? Should I just pay the extra $15? And for research sake, just erase the fact that you're a con you're going to pay more at a con anyways but take take that aside i think it needs to be discussed and mainly because more importantly where the funko app is and pop price guide for pulling values and what that you know means what does pop price guide value mean where they're aggregating data and how do you look at it so uh, any example where you have a pop from 2011 you know to 2013 something like that that's just a rare pop. The percentage chance that you have of getting what would be called mint in that condition or even very good condition as we would call it is slim to none. You're not going to find these things. So my advice was, "Hey, this is a rare pop. You know, it's it's from 20, I think it was 2014. It was I, th- I want to say it's a Batman. I'm not going to pull my phone up, but the moral of the story here and what I want to preach to everybody, I'm going to preach right now is that if you find these limited items, if you are going to walk away for $20 over this, the pop itself within that window will grow over time anyways. I mean, look at like high printed numbers pop, Bank Robber Joker, right? Bane, Catwoman, people from the, the Dark Knight, those core pops that they produce maybe 20,000 of them. If they're in good shape, they're worth more than what PPG says. PPG to me is like average seven condition that's what it sells for because you have the aggregate of the twos and threes and fours out there match with some of the higher end items and you fall somewhere in the middle. And my advice would be, if you see that in good shape, purchase it, pay the extra money. It's going to be worth it. If you're carry, if you care about value and investing, anything like that in good condition is going to far outweigh what your $20 is today, two years from now. I think that's something we run into in the store too, where we have, we're not like your average, like Funko, like store. Like there's a lot of places around, especially around us where you'll go in there and they'll have tons and tons of commons. And then they may have like a small display case of, you know, stuff that's harder to find. Even our like, you know, lower priced items, stuff that's like 15 to, I'd say 50, $50, right? It's all stuff that you're not going to like, it's not the average thing that you're going to be able to find at most like comic book shops or, or collectible stores. Um, so a lot of people will ask, like they'll come in and they'll see something and, and you know, the more savvy collectors, they you know, they'll check PPG and that doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I would do the same thing. So good for them for, for trying to stay on top of things. But 
a lot of people ask like we have a we have a robin here in the store that's like the og robin from like i think it was 2012 2011 something like that and we've had people ask like oh why is this so expensive right and it's not expensive in my opinion it's not expensive it's, i think it's a 20 dollar pop and we probably have it for like 35 but it is in perfect condition there's like no scratches on the window there's no box damage. There's the the pop is actually painted well, which you don't see a lot in. Older. Oh yeah, from the earlier one. Yeah, yeah. You don't see that. That's not a Funko thing. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. it, it looks like you had a child throw paint at it most of the time. They don't know how to paint in the lines, but this is a really good condition one. So you know you price accordingly, and I think that the, the people have gotten so conditioned to be like, you know, oh. Pop price guide says this, so no way am I uh, am I gonna pay more than that because this this is the holy grail of pricing things, and you're a horrible person for not following it. Yeah, very good point. I, I've seen it. We've seen it at cons too, where oh, yeah. it'll be something like an, a fifteen dollar exclusive you have for twenty bucks, and the, the feedback is, "Well, I'm not paying over PPG," and certainly you, I reserve the right to do that if you can obtain any pop that you want with that negotiating power. It's fine. I just wanted people to look from the perspective of the rare opportunity that you have to purchase something that's been vaulted for seven years that's in great condition. One, if you try to do it on eBay, and the, the other point we talked about before the podcast was, if you're purchasing something from eBay that is quote-unquote mint, that's subjective, right? Versus being at a con, being in a store, and seeing the opportunity. Even if you purchase it, the variables of it being damaged in the mail or anything happening to it, somebody packing it incorrectly, scratching surfaces in the process of packing, there's so many variables that could cause damage. When you're in person, in place, you control all of those variables. Unless we said like before the podcast, you're swinging your bag around during the convention and slamming it into the tables. But certainly, you know what the condition is as you get it. You're going to keep it in that condition barring you not putting in a prop protector or whatever, but you eliminate variables. And that security for me sometimes is far better than ordering it off of eBay, worrying about, hey, this could be fake or this could come to me damaged or somebody could just ruin it from the time it leaves them to me. So that's another thing to think about just to give you a different perspective on these pops. I mean, certainly we, we own a store, we, we deal with this all the time, but I think that people, when, you, when you're thinking about purchasing anything that's rare, take all of those variables into account before you make your purchase. Uh, and then we know what a bargain is, right? If you get the bargain, more on you, more power to you. If you just stand on your principle and say, I'm never paying more in PPG, that's fine too. But I just want you to consider other things because uh, taking it at face value sometimes isn't really valuable in that scenario. Correct. Correcto mundo. All right. April Fools. Ah. So, so one of the great things that Funko did, and we haven't seen this in a long time. I mean, certainly they release things in the Funko shop and they could be a quote unquote surprise. But one of the great things they did this past week for April Fools was release a limited run of NFTs that were around the Freddy Funko minus the egg, which is one of the redeemables. And I believe that was the pop that they put up on April Fool's a couple years ago when they had the egg on there. Yeah. You're, yeah. So they actually made the egg pop and they released, I believe it was 7,500 7, packs of premium and 7,500 packs of standard for these limited runs, which included a grail, 
a royalty and a legendary. The Grail is a Freddy Funko with a token head doll in its hand. The legendary is the egg, and the royalty set is the baby Freddy Funko, which I thought initial reaction was great. And I think one of the things that they also did as you went into the lobby to wait and you queued up, they have those little messages that run at the bottom of the queue and they said sold out, sold out right before it released. And I was, Piper and I were talking before we purchased them. And I said, Piper, they're sold out already. And then what did it say at the bottom? I was like, oh, you guys are so gullible. So they did a little, uh, little troll right before they released. But overall opinion of the set, before we even get to what we liked about Funko doing this, I think this is great, right? Nobody knew about it till the day of. They kind of alluded to something happening, but it wasn't, there wasn't any leaks that came out and said, other than I, I did think I saw one on Twitter where they had the card for what the grail was and Sully had commented on it, but it wasn't widely spread uh, right. across the community. So that limited release in that set, what are your initial reactions, Piper, to that? I, I liked it. Uh, I did not like the fact that I opened a bunch of packs and I only pulled one redeemable like that was we each got one and we went through a lot of packs. So like, but granted there's only two and then the, the royalty. So that, that aspect of it kind of made it a little bit on the frustrating side. So that was, that was a bummer. But other than that, I thought the the pops that were in it were, I wouldn't say they're original, but they were good ideas. And uh, I liked, the, uh, I love the fact that they, they did the baby Freddy. Like, they were supposedly that was supposed to come out like that image was leaked a long time ago, and I'm I'm happy that they held on to it for something like this because it's just something that's so unique that they've never done anything like that before. So I was happy with it overall. I think it was a good release. I say it's like a minus the fact uh, it's hard for me to not take into account the fact that I didn't pull anything great. But uh, other than uh, as it, other than that, I'd say it's like a good like B plus A minus release. Yeah, and I think the great thing about it is the royalty sets you can see now. That's kind of where the money is going with this one. All of the epics are worth $30 or more right now. So it's a big hurdle to jump. And I think the last time we checked, the premium packs were upwards of $70. Yeah, it was like 70. Earlier today, it was like 74, depending on the time. Because they're like 74 to $78. And those fluctuate too. So, I mean, you see, I think the epics tend to drive the price of packs. So you see like a set, uh, I want to say the Nickelodeon set or Nickelodeon's a little higher, but the, the Hanna-Barbera sets where your epics are worth like six, seven, eight dollars or the Teen Titans go, you can still get packs around price. And I think the Huckleberry, I keep saying Huckleberry, Hanna-Barbera sets were the premium packs definitely not a good investment for me because they're selling below what they sold on the market which is certainly that can change and fluctuate with time as sets get and grails are open but but again a set like this holds the value the epics in the set i mean i even think the rares are going for like three four dollars a piece it's kind of crazy what I mean, what do you think the ceiling is for something like this? I mean, that royalty looks like it's probably going to be around the $500 range. 
Uh, I'm happy that I'm like a handful of cheap cards away from it. That's all I can say. Yeah, th- this is the time too, because I think that you needed an epic and that I have, and I can yeah. give that to you. But I think the great thing is, is that when you have a community in the NFT world and you can trade back and forth, you know, Piper gets a grail. I don't get a grail. I, you know, he gives me the grail. I get a grail. He doesn't get a grail. I give him the grail. If we get extras, I mean, it, it strengthens the community in, in the sense of you can accomplish the goals even without having to do it yourself. And I would to try and break the market of that too. How could you collectively buy into that other than the royalty, right? Like if you had something crowdfunded, let's say somebody gave, uh, you see it with like Ralphie's collectibles and things like that, where they have all of these sets, you know, they have to be pulling money together to get the royalty sets where they can sell like 30 or 40 of these royalty pieces to uh, their consumer base. So I wonder what they're doing in a strategy wise on the back end of that. I don't know. I've thought about that before. It's kind of, but they don't have a ton of them. They like, they don't, they won't get like, they're not like one of these, like I've seen some in some of the groups where people are like, Oh, I got 17 of the, of the, you know, grail. And like those people, I'm like, Oh, how do they do that? I want to get on that boat. Yeah. They must be getting, I would assume they must be getting a lot of packs at release. Because there's two yep. people and two addresses to wallets that always have a large quantity of product. Right. But it, I would like to go in a strategy session if I could get one of them on the podcast to say, well, how do you implement strategy? Because one, we've always talked about the two main strategies, building what you can at release. With this release, especially the April Fool's release, if you bought 20 packs, you would most definitely from what we've seen, be able to complete the set. Well, and, I, I was almost able to complete the set with 10 packs. Well, you got, you only opened six. Oh yeah. Cause I gave, you got two of mine and then, yep. well, yeah. So it's 12 total. I was, I was counting and subtracting it. So I, I opened, I opened eight and you got two. Okay. So I, and I still have, I still have two in stock in my, in my wallets, which is like debating. It's like, Man, do I open those again? This is a Schrodinger's cat situation. Like, if I if I don't open it, the Grail is in there. I know it. But if the second <laughs> I open it, oh, it changed. Sorry, guys. You, you, changed, you got a big yeah. old zero. But I want to open it. But it's like oh, at the same time, it's like seventy five bucks. I could sell them and I can get the wax, and then maybe I can buy some like Dungeons and Dragons packs or something. Or I mean, you can complete the set or get the coin, right? I mean, it's it's yeah. at the point when when they get to that level of value, selling the packs and you go and buy the last epic or whatever you need, it, it's there. It supports it. That in that case, other sets you're not going to get it. But anything that's limited at seventy five hundred, I think that's that line, right? If yeah. they release seventy five hundred packs of each, you, you you're almost destined, if especially since it's Freddy, to get a return on that investment, which you know, tells again to the strategy is like, do you wait for the coins in this case? Right now, it looks like the grail's around 250 bucks. I don't know if that goes up, but I know that those royalty coins may be a little bit higher when they release. Because if you looked at the Halloween Freddy Funko set, you had the Reaper selling for more than what the grail was. And it was going because well, like the grail was lame. Oh, the invisible Freddy? I, that was, uh, yeah, no. Uh-uh. And in my opinion, so I pulled it from that set. I, I, had, I got two Grim Reapers 
and then I pulled two of the the space zombie Freddies. I think the space zombie Freddy is way cooler than the Grim Reaper. But that's just my that's just. My Did you hold opinion. on to all of those? I got four of them coming in. Yeah, that's good. And I I think I went back and bought everything except for the Grail. Oh, nice. So I I wanted to make sure I had that set because the other Halloween set I really like too. Uh, so just to have one complete set for myself, right, minus right. the Grail, and then see if it comes down later once the physicals are out there. But it's just it's interesting to see when any release comes out, what the strategies are, because some people can't get packs. And in this case, if you were, even if you didn't buy packs and you bought them on the secondary market right away, the first two hours, they were like 35, 40 bucks going up and down, up and down. They were but cheap, even, man. Yeah. That price point is still good w- with where they sit now. Yeah. I mean, look at the house of the dragon. If you look at that premium pack, it's $90 now. 90. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and I'm worried because even the um, epics are in the ten to twelve dollar range, and I I have four more sets that I need to buy to get to the because I built everything up through rare to a quantity of eight, mm-hmm. and now I think I have four four royalty sets now. But I still with the four royalty sets, I have a majority of the the uh, epics that I need to buy, and I'm just like, should I just like see what the value is of what the royalty will be at the coin, but you're risking like missing it because I don't want to spend 80, 80, 80, 80. But I do think in my opinion that that royalty coin will be worth more than $80 for that dragon. Oh, probably. Yeah. So it's, it's a trade-off when you're talking about strategy and things along those lines for any NFT pack, but uh, back to the Freddy this week, this week, that release, uh, more importantly, limiting these releases and licenses. I I think that this was easy for Funko to do because it's their IP, their product. Uh, It would be harder to do with other releases. I'm waiting to see what some of the releases are for the end of this year. There's some rumors out there, but I don't, I don't really know what properties they're going to target. If we're going to go with more of a series two strategy, utilizing the licenses they already have, or if they're going to introduce new properties throughout the rest of the year. But they are very consistent with releasing it every like two to four weeks, another run. So, I mean, they just have so many properties. I wonder what the licensing, again, with the licensing talk, what does that mean uh, for them to be able to procure it? Is it a different path that they have to proceed along uh, to, to get that accomplished? I'm looking forward to them doing some stuff that is not a WB license. It's the WB or some subsidiary. Yeah. (laughs) Or some, yeah, Nickelodeon. And then one topic before we get off the topic of NFTs and talk a little bit more about April Fools on the back end Hot Wheels and a lot of people. So, preface this everybody knows we're on wax right now. Most of the stuff that we, Piper and myself, have purchased NFT wise has been through the wax avenue of cryptocurrency and and what that means. But, you know, early on when Funko first announced, it was hovering around 80 cents per wax coin. Now they're down below seven cents. It kind of fluctuates up and down from six to eight. Uh, I think maybe that's some of the reason behind the popularity sort of failing and properties moving to other blockchains. So 
With that being said, Hot Wheels, which was previously on the Wax blockchain, is moving over to Flow. And you know who owns Flow? Progressive. Dapper. Oh, oh no. No, that's not. So it's no. so who's on that blockchain? It's NBA. like uh, NBA. They had a couple other properties for sports, things along those lines, but it's it's at a dollar a coin right now. I don't know if it's been up or down. But interesting to see does Funko continue their relationship with Wax? Or do you think that they eventually have to jump ship as well? If they're the only true real property on that blockchain. Well, no, there's a lot of stuff that's on wax, but it's all like, well, I mean, not with utility. No. Well, okay. That's arguable, but most of them are like, they're like play to earn games. Like, and then they're, they're bad. Like a lot of them are just like not fun games, but that's, that's where most of the, that's, that's where most of the stuff is. Like there's like the, the wrestling game that I really wanted to get into, but then I figured out, Oh, I got to get like a ring and it cost me like $75, even though I got, you know, the character, it's just, it was stupid. It made me mad. But despite that, um, so you think they're staying? Uh, I don't know. Well, they, they did say that they were going to like be doing something with open sea. I just don't know what. Yeah. Like they, they hit it. They said, yeah, then they're going to have like a premium product that would be, they would be putting on open sea. I don't, I don't know, man. It will be well, uh, the gold line. <laughs> okay. <laughs> premium product. I don't even, playing with that you know what i wish they would make more of and put it in nfts like let's not limit ourselves to smaller pops i know the logistics of it's difficult but remember super deluxe where they had like the batman they had deadpool and they were like huge figures before they came out with a giant pop yeah 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 they're really cool yeah, I wish they would come out with something like that that was special in the NFT line. But, you know, I would say take a look at Flow. If you do purchase Hot Wheel NFTs and things along those lines, take a look at it too. Because I went in there when they announced they were doing the Flow thing. I looked at like Hot Wheel sales over the last 60 days. And they're literally like $2, like total sales. I know that the redeemables are gone and people have things listed for an exorbitant price point. But they said that whoever had items on wax, it would be transferable to flow when it happens, like whatever you have in your yeah. wallet, which is good. I know some of those, the, I, I was, so when it initially happened, like when the, I got this, I got on the second drop of the Hot Wheels one. I think I've talked about this before. I was really disappointed when I got it because like I got the item, I got one redeemable. So I was like, oh, okay, I was really happy about that. But like they were expensive, like the packs were like twenty five dollars a pack or something like that. Yeah. And I ended up pulling, um, I ended up pulling one, and I was looking on the market. I was like, man, these are only selling for like thirty five dollars. I definitely lost a whole bunch of money on that. And then we got, I got the redeemable, and then when I got it in afterwards, like I checked the price on it, and they were selling for like one hundred and fifty dollars for a car. And I, I was like, okay, so that changed my mind a little bit about it. So. I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see how that goes and how the experience on Flow goes because if if they can upgrade, if Hot Wheels can upgrade the experience because before it was weird, like you would buy the the packs and then you had to like wait for a key and then once you got the key you could then open the packs and then you had to wait so long and and then like they didn't ever clarify really like what the redemption period was so there was a lot of aspects of it that was just really weird, but 
you know, and I think that's one of the hurdles for people to get in it because they feel that it's so difficult to, I think it is, it's not something that has a small boundary that you have to get into. You have to get wallets, you have to purchase from different areas. Sometimes you can't use cards. There's all kinds of hurdles that deter people from it. I think that's one of the things that keeps that marketplace exclusive in and of itself. But I would like to see, just like you said, just user interfaces, and they've done a great job with Drop and how it's integrated with Atomic Hub, and you can search for things now. They tell you packs that have been opened before you had to go on the secondary information where people sort of uh, compiled the data for you and, and right. presented it. But they, they've done, they've taken those steps to make that better, which is good. But interesting to see what and where the NFT market goes because Funko's had success with it. Hot Wheels have had success with it. Mattel, everyone else has had success in those marketplaces. And I do think for, uh, like you said earlier in the podcast, when you make these limited runs and you make money off the secondary market, before they release and the redeemables are sent out, it's more enticing for companies to want to do that. And I guess forward leaning to predict, you know, products and things that you have to make. Uh, one other thing, and I'll, I'll really close out the NFT thing. I did see that Funko sent out a replacement box for one of the Batman NFT uh, redeemables. Oh, so really? I wonder if they're taking some of the extras they have and they're taking the boxes out and saying, here you go. Because someone did request and receive, I saw it in a Facebook chat uh, or group chat. And they said that they had just gotten a replacement box for that Batman pop, which is interesting to see. I think that's something they could do anyways. I haven't gotten any NFTs with significant damage on them. Uh, but I've been in great condition. Really? Yeah. Uh, it, it, there's a margin of error there with black boxes because the, Edges can fray and they're easier to see than a typical, you know, pop that has the standard design on them. So you can yeah. see damage a lot easier. I think the only one that I had, and I have it with me, my Bob Ross Grail, had just the corner ding on it. But other than that, that's on, the only complaint I have with all the redeemables I received. Yeah. Good job. All right, so let us know what you guys think about the April Fool's NFT release. If you're in, into NFTs, at Pop Alliance Pod, Twitter and Instagram, info at popcollectorsalliance.com, the email way, go to facebook.com slash popcollectorsalliance, be part of the discussion, search for our group, join it, great place to be, uh, and you can get information there and talk amongst friends. If you really want to expand that, and as I move back to Texas and we get the studio set up and everything for the remainder of the year the best place to go is going to be patreon you go to patreon.com slash pop collectors alliance and select tier that's right for you uh, you can get on for as little as one dollar and enter the chat i mean there was good chats i mean it was lots of great april fools there was a, another release i want to talk about uh, before we end the episode and i think it was confusion on the part of uh different groups and who actually released it because I don't believe that Funko released it. If you looked at, uh, it, it seems like somebody put a Funko letterhead on something and used bold aerial font <laughs> to, to be like, Hey guys, we're going to do, uh, we're going to do this buy convention unique. stickers <laughs> and a $5 price point to me was just crazy. Right. That's uh, I'll, I'll read it. 
In an effort to keep our collectors involved in each new convention, Funko is introducing a new program for, for, for the foreseeable future. Already red flags in all of that language. This yeah. program will allow for the purchase of convention stickers by ho the home consumer. These will be made available for purchase on the day of the normal Funko drop time slot on the opening day of each convention. Again, poor language in here, grammar. This allows for those cherished collectible piece, piece, not pieces. By Singular, just one piece. You can only <laughs> get one. Sticker swap at home. And I just started laughing. Instructions will be provided in the Funko blog. Stay tuned for our social media channels for when that becomes available. In addition, all future convention exclusive Funko Pop sales will come with a shared sticker, even those available at the convention, with the opportunity to purchase con stickers. Stickers will also be available at the convention sites. They will run $5 per sticker. You've spoken and we continue to try to meet the demands of our customers. We already know that that's, yeah, that's false. We know that you want more availability of all pieces with more variety in where Funko products can be purchased. In where Funko products can be purchased. Okay. We will continue to provide these options for you uh, as we offer fewer limited pieces and as we continue to work with additional partners like Five Below, Ollie's, and the Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> 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 Thank you for your support. Oh my we look gosh. forward to addressing more of your demands in the future. And more of your demands. <laughs> I th I uh. thought I was like, oh man, there's no way that could have been released by Funko. I don't think so. It's a little. In, it's in poor taste. I feel well, it doesn't even look like normal like type or speak that they would. And I was like, <laughs> April Fools, you guys. April Fools. Maybe they had an intern do it that was not too good with the grammar. But it was, you know, a lot of stuff flying around on April Fool's this year. Interesting to see. I don't think Funko would ever release con stickers. That would just open a whole new mess for them. But certainly some playful fun for the conventions. Um, WonderCon, you know, I still haven't gotten my exclusive. Have you received your shipment yet? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They, they said they were supposed the to come today. Pile. Yeah, it was like at the very end. Did you get any of the sodas or anything? No, I did not buy sodas. I only got four things because uh, I woke up half an hour late, mm -hmm. like is the, the trend. Because I was like, I wasn't like super like into everything that they had. I mean, there was a few items. I was like, oh, that'd be nice. But um, so I got the uh, Harry Potter owl. Because you said to get it for you because you didn't know if you were going to get it. So I got that for you, but you already got one. So I have one extra. And then I got the Jujutsu Kaisen. I don't remember the name of the person, but I got that one. And then I got the scroll as Iron Man, the comic cover. Yeah. And then the last one was. Oh, the, the Fred, baseball Freddy. Of course, I had to I had to get that. Yeah, I only bought the three liter soda just because I wanted to have one physically. Because you were it, confused and you thought it was an actual soda and you bought yeah, it. Exactly. And no. I, I wanted to I have it. that. I got Hedgewig, the Harry Potter pop, and then yeah. I got the t-shirt because I like the design. That's very strange, I know, but I really like that t-shirt. And all of my Funko shirts were 
when I weighed like 150 more pounds than I am today. So they don't and you fit lost too them good. in a fire. <laughs> I I have so many shirts, man. I looked at it. We got to do some giveaways where we just pack things for people. I need to get right. rid of half of everything I have before I move anyway. So if anybody needs like 2X, 3X t-shirts from the old days, um, let us know. I'll send them to you. He will, Ricky will not wash them, though. They're still in the backs. I don't have to You're wash them. Yeah, a filthy t-shirt that he was using <laughs> as like a, a rag to wipe down the counter. Yep. There's a couple of those in there, but everything else is nice. still in its bag. I still have, what's the craziest thing? I'm going to end the episode after this. Sorry, we're rabbit holing here. But the craziest thing is I went through a lot of the stuff that I had in my house. And a lot of it was in boxes that I had packed up that I hadn't looked at in years. I still have like fabrications, some dwarves, old product line from Funko, vinyl idols that, that just were stored away. That opening all these boxes and going through everything has just been a pleasure to see some of the old product lines and, you know, eventually put those in giveaways, right? Uh, we can sell some of them at the store, but there's a lot of little things in there, like the, my emojis, and the Ninja Turtles and Five Nights at Freddy's. Remember those little things? I remember Five Nights at Freddy's. They're the little balls with the, the faces oh, on them. Oh, yeah. Like the, my wife and I were talking today about some of the stuff that Funko just like, their shotgun approaches to stuff. And yeah. we're, she was like, well, what stuff came out last year? And, and I was like going through, I was like, man. There's a lot of random things that came out like the, the popsies and they had like the gold stuff and all the horrible board games that they burned in a pit. And then <laughs> yeah, those are like, in, a, in a landfill in Arizona right now. They're, they are now, uh, just rats live in them. Uh, but it's just like, it's crazy, dude. Like going back and reflect on that. I don't, I doubt I'd be, I'll be shocked if anybody listening remembers the, my emoji stuff. Cause that was like early. That was like 2014 Funko. It was literally just a I ball mean, with was, a face on it. Yeah. And they, they had those early on and they, they released them like incrementally at just some weird time. They throw it into a GameStop box. That's where the five nights at Freddy's come from because yeah. those were the, what were the man, the hard candies. Remember those? So the, the hard, hard rock candy. Yeah, rock candy. That's what it is. The rock candy. We have some of those in store. <laughs> yeah, and they have the enchantress in those those boxes. Remember, she was in every box. Yep. Yeah, I mean, some of the more cool designs, right? It's a unique take on things, but it was just funny to see all of those because you can look at the product line through the years, and they're just like, man, that just totally did not catch on. And you have to say that it's pop, and it is soda, and that's pretty much the gist of it because they don't produce mystery minis anymore. Yeah, and they I, do. I mean, not the way that they used to, you know, mean, not the scale, but like they do. Cause like, uh, we had, we just got in like five nights at Freddy's ones. And then we got in some stranger things ones at the store. And then, uh, my hero academia and actually Steven, the comic book man, our comic book manager, he bought all the, my hero ones so he could open them up and they are now on his desk. And he bought a fancy, case with a lock on it to store all his my hero <laughs> figures did he get anything good oh we pulled a one in 72 oh, there you go there you the go end. Hit, we hit the gold we hold hit the gold mine yeah i don't even know what to do with myself the old the good old days man with mystery minis were the one in 72 hot topic exclusives dude and then, uh 
I, I want to go back to opening mystery minis. Like we need to do like a weekly like mystery mini opening video. Yeah, and there's so much good product. Like I remember way back in the day when they used to come in those long flat boxes, and they had a one in one hundred and forty four Rosita oh. from The Walking Dead that was a hot topic exclusive. Now tell me how limited that was. Um, like seven stores got it. Yeah, exactly, and it's worth. I don't even think PPG has it worth what it should be worth, right? Because there's just not enough sales to collect the data on that. Oh, but probably not. No. If I pray to the Funko gods or Mr. Funko, I would say, please. Dear Mr. Funko. <laughs> dear Mr. Funko. Please give me Rosita. I need more limited mystery minis. So we'll end the episode on that. Uh, tell us what you think about everything. A lot of news that was just fun this week that we just compiled in this. Next week. We should have a good interview that's going to be broadcast to the world. Get some good Funko insight. Wink, wink, wink. If you're part of our Patreon and on Discord, you pretty much know already what's happening. We've got questions for the interview that we got from listeners. So we're excited to be able to do that and more to come. I can say it's uh, Piper did a great job. So. We got, I did something good for once. You do something good all the time. Oh, that's true. You bring happiness and joy to the people. Uh, do I? <laughs> you I'm, do. I don't think you I'm know the that. One that. I'm the one that's, uh, I'm, what is, what was the, what's Are the Are we word? going back to our um, surveys? <laughs> I'm uh, abrasive and uh, disingenuous. I don't no, know. No, it wasn't disingenuous. I was, uh, I was abrasive and polarizing. I'm a polarizing, polarizing figure. You're a polar so, bear. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. I appreciate the love. <laughs> <laughs> and I talk with a terrible voice. So uh, is that what was that on there? It was, I hate when he, we're airing dirty oh, laundry. He, oh, you hate, they hated when you did country your, voice. your country voice. Or was it? No, it was the one. Remember when we tried that segment and it was where you were like, uh, a, a money ball, mad oh, money. Oh yeah, I'm, uh, prospecting. Prospect repeat, and yeah. they did not like that. Hey, different strokes for different folks. Talk about strokes. There we go. <laughs> I had a, I just had a stroke. <laughs> well, I didn't say prostitute. Oh wait, I did. Prostitute three, three, three episodes in a row. All right. Until next time, I'm Rick. I'm Piper. Good night. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Beat. I love you. Good night.